0: All right, folks, welcome to First Person Striders, where we have all gotten over our food comas from Christmas, and we're back to give you content. Whoa. That was a tar- well, that's I my worst be, intro geez, yet. That was like
1: the most der, der intro that, <laughs> that I've heard That was the worst, so far, well go check. for
0: it. Cassandra, please take it away.
1: And welcome back to First Person Shouters. This is the first episode of 2023 coming at you with tea and Chris's wine. So, yeah.
2: Uh, Hey, welcome to the show. That
0: was not better. Shut the
2: fuck up. (laughs) Should we all just... (laughs) We're not doing an intro each, right? Anyway, I'll just, you know, I'm Chris. I I always say I play it.
0: No, 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 no. I like this. Go for an intro. Jesus
2: Christ. Right. Welcome to 2023, everyone. We're all still here. I am both here, and even better, I have wine and Frère Rocher, because that's just what I'm doing now. Having cooked a fancy (laughs) meal for my aspiring middle class life. That includes a lot of video games.
0: You literally just went on for a year! Yes! No, alright, this is a perfect time to introduce our guest, who's been. Why don't you take a crack at an intro? Hey
3: everyone, it's 2023, and we're still alive! Yay!
0: hi and welcome to first-person striders where we all think we're really intelligent, but really we're all just trash <laughs> yeah okay
1: let's go with that one well, i mean we're gonna keep them <laughs> all in but yeah okay. we're gonna
0: keep them all uh so yeah we'll get into our actual introductions welcome back folks i uh, hope that you had a great christmas i am kitty a self-proclaimed indie expert of the group
1: i am cassos god of war slayer of dragons uh this is my new intro and I'm just going to go with it. Nice.
2: Oh, that's nice. I li- I, I'm like. i Chris. I like my action and RPG and strategy games. I'm consistent as well.
0: Nice. nice. Look at, wow, that was shveled. That was succinct. I'm so impressed. Nice. Uh, and then we have a guest, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi,
3: I'm Husban. Um, I am very honored to have been invited on here. Especially with the stipulation that this podcast would be e for everyone, uh, that there would be no swearing, um, and there'd that be investigations into promise. the there'd be investigations into promise. the nepotism allegation in the nepotism. previous podcast. <laughs> nepotism? Oh, I'm kidding. This uh, is my final tr- final trial of corruption. I'm taking way too long, so thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So,
0: yeah, who's been is a regular in our Discord and one of our MVP listeners, and we brought him on to be a guest. Yes, it's like um, a
2: reward for being a very good, very <laughs> is good it a reward, fan. Is Thank it... you. <laughs> well, we'll I'm... see by the end. Hmm. I
3: was told this was my final trial. What for? No idea. We'll find out.
1: I guess we will. We'll
0: find out. Alright folks, uh on that chaotic entrance, let's jump into it. So who would like to go first to talk about the games that they have played in the last couple of weeks? Christmas time. Over the holidays.
1: it's oh, gonna do it. Is it, is it me am i, am I just okay. yeah i think right. so
0: because you have like the least to talk about as well um, yeah that's so. fair
1: like so nor- normally that uh, dear listeners before a show will kind of just have a little message or two about what we've been talking about or playing the last like few weeks prior to recording um i've played like two games this entire time and the rest of them have much longer lists this time around so uh yeah their, their sections will be longer um as my introduction may have Elucidated. Um, I've been playing God of War Ragnarok a lot um, for the last like couple of weeks. My my dearest mother bought me a copy of it for Christmas. She doesn't know anything about gaming, but I told her what I wanted, and therefore I got it. So very pleased. Yes. Um. Yeah. God of War. Um. I Chris, you spoke about this quite a bit on the one episode that I haven't been on. Hmm. So I'm probably
2: going gonna... to.
0: Chris not? Was it not Chris's game of the year? No,
2: Elden Ring no. was my game of the year. Oh, but God of, Rock, yeah. God of Rock, God of Rock, God, God, God of Rock, <laughs> God of War, Ragnarok, uh, was a was a reasonably close second. Yeah, right. and I mean, it
1: it yeah, it bears repeating. It is fantastic. I kind of think, oh, if I hadn't played it before we did the Game of the Year show, it might have been my Game of the Year. It might have beaten Elden Ring. And I say this as someone who's not quite finished the the main storyline just yet. I'm I'm pretty pretty close to the end. I'll say, but yeah oh it's such a good game like ever it's so it's such like a highly polished just good experience the whole way through that i've been playing so far like it's uh, obviously it's picking up more well a, a few years after the end of the first not the first god of war but like the god of war 2018 from santa monica studios i want to say um and it's it's more of the same like if you if you enjoyed the first god of war you're you're going to enjoy this one there's not a Great difference in terms of gameplay and everything. You still get the very satisfying axe throw that you can call back to you—that know, nice thump that it does. Um, Kratos has his big chain blades and everything, and it's just wonderful to play through. Um, the main thing I've been enjoying with it lately is just the—it's just the storyline in in general and the way it's been shaking out, and like the the sheer talent on display for the voice actors as well. Like Chris Judge had his had his moment there. Yes, Kitty?
0: Do you, do. You... Do you think that Chris Judge deserved to win the the award that he did at the Game Awards? Did he deserve that super long speech based yes. on his performance? In
1: fairness, I didn't watch the speech, but I would let that man talk to me all day, all night. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I was like in big...
0: fairness, if I met Chris Judge, I'll, I'd be like, I,
1: I was gonna say, I don't think you need to apologize for that because honestly, who would who exactly. honestly has been in exactly. here can say
3: that they wouldn't mind that i mean it's
1: tilk no. yes well, this, is, this is my next point it was going to be as a kid that grew up on stargate sg1 and all the spin-offs and stuff as well like it was my shit like it used to be every like this is revealing our ages slightly again um but it used to be like the early 2000s stargate sg1 would be on channel 4 in the uk I, on a Sunday afternoon and I would religiously watch it. I would even watch part of like Time Team, which was on just before it. Just so I oh, also, yes! like just so I right. in this minute of SG because I was so was dedicated
2: obsessed. to my favorite show that I suffered some time team before. Some
0: time team. And then I think Charmed was on afterwards somewhere else. So it would be like Stargate SG one, then Charmed, yes. then South Park.
2: I think
1: earlier in the day as well you also had Smallville, which is Yeah. Uh, smallville is a show that i watched all of for reasons <gasps> did you do the thing what? okay did I watch the Sorry. entirety of the 10 seasons or whatever yes i, I
0: call that doing a smallville now because anytime i start to watch a show and it starts to get bad i'm like i'm not doing smallville again
2: yeah you respect <laughs> like your the time flash better
0: now? after season two i was like nope not again never again I- did it once <sighs> i
2: need that I, I did watch all of the walking dead but it, I, like, from, <laughs> from your descriptions of it it, it wasn't as consistent there was some good stuff towards the end like it was inconsistent but there were long periods where it was a bit boring which is the worst thing a show could be so i don't know a, a very mixed feelings
0: what would you call yeah. that we're, we're completely losing the trail of it at the minute but what would you call the end of smallville boring isn't the right
1: i mean smallville in it general was... was like it was just disappointing it's just
0: tat yeah it
1: was uh, what the whole kind
0: of just lost its mind at the end
1: the whole idea of smallville was that like whenever he puts on the suit this is totally tangential to what i'm trying to talk about but the whole (laughs) idea was like in smallville whenever clark whenever superman puts on the super suit that was meant to be the end of it and that was meant to happen if i remember right after season three or four that's what they were gearing up towards and they just didn't want to end the show because it was like doing quite well in the ratings because it was it was all the time with like the OC and One Tree Hill and it was just teen drama stuff. But I think by the end of Smallville, like Clark's Clark's pushing 30 and still hasn't, like, <laughs> done the whole super thing until... I mean, you don't even really... I think the last episode does show him in the suit,
2: but it's, like...
0: It's he's the a blur. very he's last like, fucking episode! Oh, my
2: God. Just imagine it's him so... sitting in the bar. Like, I'm nearly 30, and I know I've got superpowers, but I'm, I just don't know what I want to do with my life yet. Do you think that's okay when you're 30, even if you've got superpowers? Hmm.
3: I I think this is very much a trouble with those shows. Like, they'll have a plan... Because, like, Kitty, especially, like, your note about the flash like dropping off after season two uh because arrow had the same problem like the trouble is they map out these shows and i feel like the moment they deviate from what it was and just try to like keep it going it's just it just never never works um but yeah no
0: (laughs) the problem with the flash is that they took character development in season one and then they just like redid the exact same character development fact, again I could do a two. whole
1: podcast on the CW superhero shows because I watched oh my God. I watched, I stuck with them <clears throat> I did a small bill, I stuck with them well past the point where they were shit. Um, not that they were ever yeah. like high cinema or anything but you know I stuck with them. Did um, you
0: watch Supergirl?
1: I watched the first season of that. That was about the time when I dropped off it and I know I should have kept going with that one because of like Mia and Dreamer and stuff like you know there was that character I probably would have enjoyed, but yeah.
2: But what character arcs okay. you did enjoy were in God of War Ragnarok cast. Yeah, I was well gonna say. <laughs> we should
0: bring with... up <laughs> but Who is the host, really? Yes. Anyway. Um...
1: Um, no, you know, so yeah. Christopher Judge has a wonderful voice that everyone loves. Um, and yes, he, True. he should not have been cut off ever. Man can speak all day if he wants. He has that right. He has earned it. Fuck everyone. Okay, um, so... I got a war. Maybe,
0: maybe you want... I know you want to do, like, a spoilery thing, um but we're not going to do it this time. No. So maybe next episode, you and Chris can bottle up your emotions just a little I'm bit. I'm good at that. I'm really good at that. And, really and, at that. and can yeah. do a spoilery review. And you'll have finished it by then as well. Maybe. I will
1: hopefully finish it by tomorrow at this stage. I'm yes, glad.
0: so you can gush and be spoilery. um. But who's been you should play it in the meantime because it sounds like it's a game worth playing. I won't because I didn't like the first one, so I don't think I'll like the second one. one.
3: I I I I might be incriminating myself here, but I actually didn't uh, I kind of dropped off the first God of War, but uh, but the oh, the oh second God. the but judging by how much the second one has been recommended to me, I feel like okay, maybe this is a situation where I just have to persevere with like the first like couple hours of the game and and then it might click
2: is it's 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 very much more of the same like if you really didn't like the first one this one because my only real criticism of it is it doesn't do anything new there's nothing that novel in it for the genre and for especially compared to its predecessor it's literally more of the same so if you didn't like the first one I don't know if this one's if you'll resonate with this one anyway
0: I don't agree with something not doing something new being a problem always and I'm not saying that that's what you were saying but like if something did a good job and people liked it then I don't think it has to do anything new. I think it's okay that it's more of the same. The problem becomes when people are getting more of the same. Const- constantly, and then they get burnt out on it. Yeah. That's a problem. Like
1: I mean, but th- this time last year, same same tactic. This time last year, I mean, um, Horizon Forbidden West came out, and we said the exact same thing that it was just more of the same, and that wasn't a bad thing either. So that, ah, yeah, well, I mean, in
0: that could... case, I think it maybe was a bad thing actually.
1: Th- okay, well, well,
2: <laughs> for Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West, consistent. Uh, no, uh, th- th- <laughs> no, there's there's a, there's a caveat. Um, Horizon Forbidden West was another entry in that series, but also a very oversaturated genre. And I know it's not like there's a shortage of over-the-shoulder third-person action games either, but God of War there's not as many and god of war was unique enough within that genre that it could justify a bit more of it i think that makes sense.
0: agreed i think that's i think that's the think that's the, di- the differentiation there that makes sense also all right god of,
1: god of war way shorter play time than, than the horizon games the Horizon games were like 60 70 hours plus whereas god of war is a, it's it's a sub 40 game which is perfect for me i think so yeah um yeah husband, has been cool Oh, sorry. Just very quickly on Forbidden West. I feel like I'm the
3: only one in the corner for Forbidden West last year because, like, I actually had a really good time with it, but also I can kind of understand why um
1: a bunch of folks didn't
3: necessarily connect with it, but yeah.
1: No, I all. mean, I, just I, I think to say we all enjoyed Forbidden West. It's just, yeah. it was not without its flaws for a game that size I think so yeah too long a, yeah far too long Jesus Christ I did not give a shit about it's rescuing everyone's family members from all but mine um anyway God of War uh yes yeah, so I'll keep it God of War shortens way to this stage because like Christopher Judge is kind of the main draw of it um the the other voice actors I cannot remember their names right now but um the guy that does Thor is doing his best Thanos impersonation and it fucking works so well um Odin's voice actor as well is so, so delightfully sinister, in everything he does, like his whole, like the whole conceit is the All Father lies. He he will always lie, but there are moments where you you kind of want to believe him. You kind of want him to be like this kindly figure, but no, no. so far anyway. Um, And that's a spoiler as I will get for that. So yeah, no, like the the storyline as well is is very well done too. I think, like I say, that is the main draw for these games. Contrary to the the older older God of War series, which was just, I mean, I tried to play God of War three recently enough, and it was terrible. It's unplayable, compared to modern standards. It is god awful. Um, but yeah, so like the, this game, God of War Ragnarok, is basically a straight off continuation of the first one. First one, it's it's one of the more modern sad dad games, like last of us as well and turns out i love that genre but it's uh, the first game was basically you know, atreus and kratos it's a father's son trying to get to know each other after the death of uh atreus's mother uh Fae. and you go through that whole thing that whole process trying to like deliver her ashes to the top of the mountain that's that's that, the first one. That's the first one yes that's that's right, the main okay. thrust of the first one. And then the second one picks up a few years later. Atreus <laughs> is noticeably older coming into his powers a little bit. Um, and the main thrust of the storyline, like yes, it's still a father son things the, the son is on the cusp of manhood and, and so on. And then the main that's like a backseat that's the B plot basically. but the main part of the storyline, the A plot is the difference between like fate and free will. Because um, mm. it's it's always been kind of concerned with prophecy and everything like that, similar to the old God of War games where Kratos fought the the Fates of ancient Greece. He also has interactions with the Fates of the North North Norse uh, mythology mythological circles and everything too. And it just kind of goes from there. Um, gameplay as well. I I find like the we talk about like games having like a, a dopamine pump sort of um, aesthetic or like design choice built into them and everything with with how modern games are god of ragnarok and the prior one as well do that very well even on like the main story quests you're never more than a few minutes away from either a cool fight um opening up a chest or opening up a new area or backtracking kind of metroidvania like in a way almost Mm. um and it just it just keeps you going and keeps you going like i have sat down to play it for like an hour um after a long day of work or whatever and suddenly it's like two in the morning and I have to get off for work <laughs> not long after that. So, um, yeah, no, I've, I've just been really enjoying it. I really want to dive into the meat and potatoes of the storyline, but I will not, out of respect for Husband. um, And our listeners maybe haven't played it just yet. But yeah, God, I'm really enjoying it. I've just gotten to this one area now where I'm like just exploring the map. It's like one of the side areas that you get just before the end of the game and it's like, it's the closest open world truly open world part of the game where you just have a ton of quests where you can kind of run around and do it um mm-hmm. and it was an accidental find i didn't know it was like going to be a thing i was going to carry on with the main quest and then there you, this fat dog takes you down a pathway and like hey there's dragons and shit here go go kill them um so, yeah
0: i i really appreciate and it's okay so i'm going to talk about elden ring later uh-huh. but so it kind of comes into that but I really like when games are just so well designed that you discover something that you were designed to discover. Of course, but it feels like a discovery. That's just the word "discover" so many times, but so you feel like it's like, oh, I find this thing and I didn't expect it, but you were meant to, of course, yeah. and you were always going to. But that does isn't how it feels, and that's really nice. It's
1: nice that it it felt really organic because, like, you you mm. get to this area. Immediately after, like a story quest, like you're not gonna miss this area, but it's kind of your choice whether you go hell for leather through it or not, or whether you just carry on with the main storyline. I feel I figure it's kind of like, not quite an end game area, but it's a chunky little quest hub, basically, and it's just really, it's just really chunky little (laughs) quest hub.
0: Why, (laughs) you're just a chunky little quest. Yeah. (laughs) uh so. anyway i'm gonna move you on to your next game fine um, um
1: i'm not gonna talk much so we about just talked
0: a lot about god of war i'm very on. happy like
1: we just literally took it up I a third know. of the episode with it's she very and good and god of war very good game as it turns out um yes. i'm not gonna talk about Who the knew? next game so much because like i don't know if many of you have played it yet and it's just pokemon violet oh um, fuck is that not <laughs> what
2: everyone was complaining about? Yeah, it was. Um, Pokemon Scarlet it's on Chris's Empire. list
0: as well, so you two can, I guess, complain together maybe? Yeah, or is it good? I
2: just got some complaining to do, so cast, you lead. Same, pretty I'll much. follow.
1: Um, oh, Pokemon. I was very harsh on this game when it came out. Um, because of just how, what an unbridled mess it was. like With the severe, severe performance issues. The really just lackluster kind of storyline in it the lack of character customization which is a bit of a step backwards from sword and shield um you could do quite a lot with their outfits and stuff whereas now you're locked to stupid school uniform um (laughs) i don't know what to say about pokemon but i've still sunk in like 30 hours 30 plus hours at this stage i'm getting attached to my little team of reprobates and I don't know. The game's still a bit of a hot mess. Like it's been patched a couple times now, I think, but it's still a bit of a hot Mm, mess. I'm still enjoying it, but I feel like the enjoyment is coming out of uh, I'm making my own fun with the game. Like and that's literally something as simple as just naming the character, naming my little Pokemon team after characters from books that I've been enjoying lately, and stuff like that. You know, when you give your Pokemon a nickname and you play with them. No,
0: I I get it. I get it. She didn't give them after us because. No, of course not. I know what a bitch. Um i i i like why oh why uh why why do you do that why do you keep playing a game that you're not
1: because it's pokemon and it is addictive so but i've never missed i've never not finished a mainline pokemon game that i picked up
0: oh my god don't be one of those people i'm one
1: of those people sometimes who's one uh,
3: I just wanted to throw this out there because um, this was the one that launched and it had like all of the performance Absolute issues. Ch- yeah, sure, the, yeah. the 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 thing is, I have seen so many people, in spite of its performance issues, I've heard mechanically speaking, it's like it's actually much more fun and inni- innovative compared to previous Pokemon games. Now the thing is, I I don't really have a, you know, I don't really have a bone in this, but like I've heard at least it's like about it uh like that's the latest one that
1: came out right yeah
0: yeah like a yeah. Ago. yeah i haven't
1: um, i don't know I, yeah. like, okay it's 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 buggy it's kind of boring in places and i'm not a fan of the big well i mean i like it but i don't i'm you can tell i'm really conflicted about this basically like I've,
0: this right cast can i tell you what i'm hearing tell me what i'm hearing is it's a it's a bad game but you're a fangirl that's what i'm hearing that's fair I think yeah
1: I think it is fair I, I mean <laughs> I
0: think that if you're not a diehard Pokemon fan definitely don't play this like i pl- I played
1: you. the I mean, to <laughs> Chris my... is like yeah um I, pl- I mean I played the Dragon Ball Kakarot game there um just before Christmas I didn't really talk about it on the show or anything but I love that game because I'm a massive Dragon Ball fan I don't think you would get similar to a lot of anime games and stuff like that or like franchise games in general if you're not an already existing fan of those games typically you're not going to enjoy them that much like that One Piece Odyssey game has just come out like the other day and I know I'll enjoy it but I don't think you're going to enjoy that kind of game if you're not already invested in it and I feel like Pokemon is a big enough franchise that it should be able to carry itself but it's also severely married to like really antiquated game design and like the turn-based battle system needs a bit of a kick in the hole the breeding yeah. mechanics the the gym battle systems and stuff and they have tried to mess with that in a couple of generations of pokemon games but it's never really stuck and then i never played pokemon legends Arceus when it came out start of last year i never never got around right to it um but apparently there was a lot of like quality of life stuff that really improved that game that they just haven't put into this the the more recent mainline game as well, and
0: I'm convinced oh. that Game Freak has two different design studios. I think, that's, I think studios. that's kind
1: of like an open secret at this stage. There's the A and the B yeah, team, like the Call so. of
0: Duty, like the Call of Duty people. Um, so they'll have one team working on one, the two two titles being worked on concurrently. So the Archaeus team and the team that were working on Violent Whatever, two separate teams. So that would make sense why those quality of life things didn't necessarily make it over. And I'm interested to hear Chris's thoughts.
2: Yeah, Chris. You it's fucking off with it in general. It's fucking hideous. Like, I'm sorry, I know we have <laughs> discussions about how important are good aesthetics in video games, but there must be, it's, it's like when people say, well, is a 10-pound bottle of wine really any much worse than, say, a 30-pound bottle of wine? And you think they have a point. But you know that a bottle of wine that's beneath three, that's my wine theme, beneath, it's 2023, mm. beneath three pounds is going to taste like vinegar. And it's going to be bad objectively. And I can't help but feel in this instance with Pokemon, As someone who came back, and my sob story was last week, so I'll not retread those grounds. As someone who came back to try and enjoy a franchise that I hadn't touched since childhood but had fond memories of the one Pokemon game I had played and spent all of my Nintendo store points on this time, I can't get back, uh, (laughs) I I said, I'll give it a go. And Cass, you're not wrong, there is still a basic joy in making the little monsters fight. That that is fun, they're kind of cute, they're they're the best-looking part of it. That's clearly where the animation budget went in, although not a lot of it. Yeah, um, but they're still that. the best-looking part of it. But like the, the open world, because this, this allegedly now is the, the first fully open world one, it's it's awful. Like, the trees... Thought... It, it looks like an asset flip in parts. The trees, these horrible 2D yeah. kind of fuzzy colours. The resolution's abysmal, even by the Switch's standards. You're trying to move, run around the place, and the, the frame rate is chugging just as you're moving. And I know the Switch is underpowered... But it can run Breath of the Wild reasonably well, and it looks incredible because of good art design. Which brings me on to art design, something Pokemon, uh, Scarlet Violet. You're so
0: mad, boy! Doesn't Ooh, have! You're so fucking rigid! I haven't
2: felt this way for a while, maybe since Cyberpunk. And it's like... Oh, dear. It's, it's, it, no, it's not as bad as that. It is not as bad as Cyberpunk. At least it, it fucking runs. Um... To, to, in some way uh, and then, yeah so it's just the, it lacks graphical fidelity which some people say oh well I don't care about graphical fidelity as long as it's good, good art style but it doesn't seem to have much art direction either
1: well the, yeah like this is, oh that's something as well with, got, the, with the game like the, the cities are bar maybe a couple of them which are themed around like you know the seaside or the, the, the mountain top one or whatever there's not really much of an identity to a lot of the stuff it, it, like you say borderline asset flippy um and like the uh you know like the pokemon centers in past games would have had like a bit of identity to them now they're kind of just like truck stops almost like they're just these little kiosks in the middle of the field somewhere and there's nothing really to them like i feel like a lot of the identity of the pokemon, genre, pokemon games genre whatever as a whole has just been kind of lost with this this century and like I don't know i'm st- i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it i've nearly i've beaten all the gems and i've got a few of the other little like major story beats to go through yet i will finish it but i don't feel like i'm gonna stick around for the post game like i normally do for a pokemon title yeah
2: oh, boy, i um, burn. the furthest i will get is to the end of whatever the main story is and there'll be no side content or anything and i don't even know if i'll get that far the, the other just briefly the other things i've complaints about like the first R, it really holds your hand and you've to de- you visit, visit this Pokemon academy, which is what your character does before they get out into the world. And it's just like go and visit the classroom, go and visit the canteen, and then there's lots of forced conversations. I don't think they're skippable, or at least they're they're not all the time. You can't and even like it's... speed them up either, which is so annoying. And I was like, just let me play your fucking ugly game, please. <laughs> it's like, let me out there to make the little monsters fight. But no, I have to go and talk to all the members of staff who don't have anything interesting to say. Um. So anyway, look, I'd and, and then you get out there and you get to the gym. And before you can do the gym battle, they're like, go and kick this horribly animated giant olive around the, the shitty brown textured feed we have. And I'm like, really? Is this what Pokemon's gameplay is? I think I have a few more hours into it, but I'm going to maybe take a leaf from Kitty's book as a New Year's thing, and if it's not getting and improving for me in any significant way, I'm just dropping it. I'm not wasting time on it because I've already wasted yeah. money on it. Don't do a Smallville. Honestly,
0: the, don't do Smallville. I And I, I used to be such a completionist with games, and ever since I internalized, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm going to stop. My life has been... Like, they're games. You're meant to have fun and enjoy and have a good time with it. If you're not, stop um chris seeing as you are the one talking how about you continue talking um i will however give you a warning normally you are like Cass, and you only have like one or two games to talk about and you're able to take your time with them and given that you have quite a large list you have a choice of either picking one or two and going into lots of large amounts of detail or do what i do which is be more bereft with it um because I am not editing a two-hour-long podcast.
2: No, no, the, the list is longer, but actually, it's a lot of uh, revisits and finishing off stuff. So I'll just I'll, I'll okay. par through it. Pokemon's done. It. Right top of the list. I put a lot more time into Vampire Survivors, and now I get it. I didn't get it when I yeah. first got it, but I got into the uh, the the the, um, the power up and the progression of it, and actually, there's quite a deep game there, even though all you do is move a little pixelated man around the screen or a hero on the screen and it's great it's a great feeling when you are the bullet hell when you are the bullet heaven and you get all the powers going so i put loads of ours into that over the last couple of weeks um, okay yep oh come on uh, right I also tried out of interest because I like my colony management sims at Dwarf Fortress which was the progenitor of that genre I think yeah Trey um, was talking about that one yep from the last... sure. he was he was and it's got a steam, re- steam release now so a re-release but they've touched up the the, the graphics in it again graphics, th- it yeah. doesn't look amazing but it looks nice it doesn't have to be amazing pokemon just needs to be nice to look at or good enough you have
1: such a pokemon chip chip on your shoulder and it's oh yeah ball. yeah
0: yeah i'm here for it <laughs> i'm absolutely here for it um, amazing so well because he wasted his money not even his money his nintendo points yeah
2: it's my nintendo points i could have spent those in breath of the wild too but anyway um look dwarf fortress i'll start at the end i ended up refunding it but that doesn't mean i didn't like it or it was bad oh? uh, no I'll, I'll explain it so i did my two r's and you know i was getting the vibes of it's a lot like RimWorld or oxygen not included but it's much less about the individual little characters and because you know you can end up commanding quite a lot of dwarfs in your dwarf fortress you don't care about the individual personalities mm-hmm. in RimWorld, you'll you'll know your characters right um But it was more just, it's just a layer of complexity above what I'm willing to put in right now in my life. I need to wait until everything's a bit more chill, maybe over the summer when there's less going on. And to give you just one example of this, in Rimworld, when you hollow out your rooms out of the the earth, uh, or you build it, and you want to build a door, you just place a door, and they chop down a tree and place a door, that's easy. In Dwarf Fortress, you have to build a workshop, and then you have to build the doors, and then you have to place the doors in the room. It doesn't sound like much, but this kind of ethos, like... Um, th- this philosophy pervades the whole thing. And then I thought to myself, alright, well what if I just like stack up building a hundred doors so I have them in storage. But in order to create a, a, a building list in the workshop, you have to make an office and put an office manager in it who will oversee the, the work orders uh, in the workshop. And no. it's just, I know, it's like, I want to get, I, I have no doubt Dwarf Fortress is the coolest story generator when you get late on into it, like, you know, ten hours into your, your your colony um it's doing all the crazy interactions and shit but right now i just don't have the patience for it so i've I've refunded it it's back in my wish list i will get back around to it but you know i'm willing to wait until it's a little bit cheaper and then maybe i'll dive back in but yeah any big dwarf fortress fans that's not a mark against it it's just a when i'm ready type thing very good okay um yeah, I can I, Oh, sorry, Kitty, go ahead. Uh,
0: you can't ignore my hands, Oh, no, so
2: I've got a... it. It's my video it set I know, here. but
0: I the thing that I have to say is pertinent to the for it's not. It's more just like um my dyslexia gives me uh, like a uh, a uh, uh, focus issues uh and as you were going through that list, my brain just went pfft. Yeah. So, if that's what's actually in the game, no.
2: No. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> sorry husband
1: go ahead
0: <laughs> i don't even remember what you said anymore i just remember there was a lot there
1: was doors and an office
2: manager and there was a
0: it. lot of doors there th- was so many steps
2: th- th- that's what i was trying to convey basically um, i think you can do those kind of <laughs> games and get the value out of them and it can be a little more streamlined than uh, before you start to really sacrifice because the complexity is part of it but you know there's i think there's a balance and I, it's maybe just a little bit because it was one of the first in the genre too far in the yeah. complexity side for most people Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. All right. I'll, all I was going to quickly add was the, the moment you're like, yeah, I had to assign a manager to do the thing in order to and I was like, oh god, this is beginning to oh sound nice. like a this is going this is beginning to sound like work.
2: It,
0: there's a manager involved.
2: There's, there's a manager involved. At least I'm telling the manager okay. what to do. Okay.
0: Um go ahead with your next one. Yeah.
2: And then the next one, I just completed Death Door, which um was a game oh, that I had Oh, yeah. I love that. Sorry. Yeah. That <laughs> I got it's excited. like You'll like Tunic. It's a bit like Tunic, only it's shorter and the combat's a bit snappier and there's a cute little crow instead of a cute little fox. Um, don't agree. You don't agree? Why, Kitty?
0: Thought the combat in Tunic was better. Didn't like Death Door. Interesting. Combat.
2: Okay. Um, so with Death Door, yeah, I just, I played the first, I don't know, five hours of it and I was at home over Christmas with my Steam Deck, which will lead nicely into my finishing points. Um, <laughs> and it's plural. And <laughs> Do
0: you have a Steam Deck? You never mention it. I don't. Never talk about I it don't. ever.
2: I've You're got I've got some valuable it? like valuable uh, opinions on it um, down my section. But, okay. Yeah, Death Star, Look, it's it's just fun. Um, it took the the Zelda format and decided it could be a bit harder. I don't really know if I agree that I ever played a Zelda, or that it ne- like Zelda needed to be harder to be more enjoyable because there were fights there and times and so I was just a bit frustrated because you die and you have to go the whole way back to a certain section and. Um, it's it's like does this really have to be difficult the joy of zelda isn't you know how hard it is to kill something it's it's the exploration and figuring little things out at a a steady pace but i wouldn't hold it against it too much it was still fun and i think at about nine hours long it was just long enough so yeah it was good and i finished a video game i was very pleased to to do that um,
0: I, I I actually didn't finish Death Store, but I watched Ruben finish Death Store. The great thing about being in a relationship with another gamer is I don't have to play all the games. I can watch someone else play yeah, some
1: of them. On that note, Amy's been playing Red Dead Redemption 2, a game that I never finished because I got really bored with it. It's been wonderful to watch the storyline of Arthur. So yeah.
2: Yeah, also too long, yeah, but so, um, so anyway, I'll just I'll, I'll just I'll just finish off by saying so. Yeah, I got my Steam Deck, but I, I hadn't really touched it much because it was in my room with all of my big gaming consoles connected to a big T V and it's like I just didn't have the need. Um, but I was travelling back to my parents over Christmas for two weeks and it's like I don't really have a very I don't have a I don't have a capable gaming machine back there. Let's put the Steam Deck through its paces. And without going into like a little bunch of games like bigger like more triple a ones like sort of double a ones in the indies uh, i also was, had it plugged into a monitor a mouse and a keyboard so using it almost as a like, literally desktop gaming pc and it was a pretty good substitute sub, uh, substitute substitute, substitute. 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 <laughs> whatever sorry i can't speak i need more wine um yeah, it was help. a sub so rather than coming from a handheld perspective which we've talked about before from as a portable like i'm going to put this somewhere as a gaming pc It's pretty good at at the indie games. Like, to be able to plug it in and play something like RimWorld or Dwarf Fortress is what I use it for, with the full mouse and keyboard, which is what those games need, is fantastic. And again, we're sort of dancing around the idea of the Switch having quite severe limitations and only catering to certain genres. That wasn't, you know, the Switch wasn't going to give me that experience back there. The only thing I'll say is um, it's like... You have to bump the resolution up to 1080p for things to not look really blurry, you know, because it's not on the little screen, and that puts extra power on what is even, even though it's a more powerful processor and hardware, it, it still makes it more difficult for it to run bigger games. Like I tried to run Forza on it and had a few, I had a few issues as well with crashes I couldn't wow. figure out, um, and uh, it or like, and I know you can put Elden Ring on it, but I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend those bigger games. I think it's just perfect as a little indie game library machine that can also play those niche kind of colony management sims or strategy games or whatever so yeah it was it was doing a pretty good job i was pretty pre- impressed and pretty pleased with it and that's all my stuff that's all my opinions for this week i've got no more
0: well done you barreled through that um so i'm trying to decide if it would be better if i do mine and then you do yours husband um i think you do yours first because then i can see what time we've got left and I can decide how much I want to edit. <laughs> so I can cut mine short if I need to. No pressure.
3: Um, that, no, pressure so no pressure at all. Okay. <laughs> no no pressure at all. But uh, there are certain games I'm going to strike off. Just because I know Kitty's going to touch on one of them. Because I've been playing okay. it as well during the holidays. Uh, which is Elden Ring. Um, but the Steam Deck is actually a really nice segue. Um, because that is exactly what I did over the holidays. Uh I loaded my Steam Deck with a whole bunch of indies. Um and maybe I'll just speed run through them and like but um yeah, so basically I played uh I mean my list was basically Bastion, Celeste, uh Shovel Knight, um Vampire Survivors, uh, and Tunic. Um
0: Yeah, uh, we, we I think we've pretty much talked about all Of those at some point or another, uh, because they're all great games, like those are perfect Uh, Steam
1: Deck games. I feel like those that kind of (laughs) indie platformer thing, like, uh, mm.
3: yeah, oh god, would this be a bad time to like indulge me in the Steam Deck talk or 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 am I treading ground that has already been done? Husband, you're the guest,
1: okay, Uh, about it a
0: little bit, but we haven't talked about that much. I think the main because chris is the main person that's talked about it a bit because he has one i keep mentioning that my concern with the steam deck is that my hands get sore it doesn't it seems like a portable device that you don't actually play portably because like my hands get sore playing the switch so and the steam deck is so much bigger and heavier so it seems like the kind of thing that you transport to another place easily but you don't actually play handheld that
2: much. Well, the Steam Deck is much the ergonomics of it are far better than the Switch.
3: Y- yeah, yeah, but because and I and I'll put this forward because like I understand the weight without question. Um mm-hmm. and, and like um because the unit I got was actually a, a, a dev kit so it was before the production run. Um right. and like that was one of the first things I noted, but then the main thing I realized was one. It is perfect for it, it is it one has incentivized me to buy more games on Steam. Like I'm noticing I'm playing a lot more games on Steam and buying a lot more games on Steam because of the Steam deck. The second thing is because um, I remember initially when pe- some people did see like the the specs of it they were like oh uh, it's just like oh what about the large games and the funny thing is Elden Ring actually does even though it's a 30 game on the Steam deck it does actually have better performance on Steam deck Compared to a PC, um, because yeah, it, it's time? quite of. So, oh god.
0: Comes is it because FromSoft optimized it better?
3: <laughs> uh, I just realized I'm like shit. Here we go. You've brought the programmer onto the show, so here we please, go. Please go for but, it. But but yeah, like go for it. but like the really neat thing about Steam Deck is because Valve own everything, the software and the mm-hmm. hardware. It means they can pull some tricks that you just can't ordinarily do on PC so basically what they realize is hey we can actually like build shaders on our server download them to your steam deck and then that way when you load up the game you don't have stutter issues because literally it's able to pull the files from their own servers so they're able to do really neat tricks like that um yeah
0: and to me this is a symptom of capitalism (laughs) Because they could do that on PC, but they don't because it's not within their interest to do it as much on PC because they're already successful on PC, but they're Wait, trying to no. sell is that, the Steam Deck. Is
1: it not because they have the Steam has specific hardware? It's the same reason that console games are usually better optimized uh, because they have the exact okay. same hardware. Everyone's got the same shit.
3: No, you're right. So, you're so. I was right. going to say the silver bullet here is those two parts. There's the operating system, which is SteamOS, and then there's the second thing called Proton, and you're right. Proton is the thing that allows for games to... To basically run on Steam Deck, um, without making it for Linux, but the no, short yes, of it, that,
0: that it does make sense. And um, the one thing I will say though is that it is kind of nice to see like Valve have been trying to break into hardware for quite a long time Almost now, decade, right? and at least a decade. And this seems like it might be their first success. So like, well done them.
3: Um. So yeah, no. So, but yeah, basically, uh, yeah, I've been playing a whole bunch of indies on there vampire uh vampire survivors has been my more recent addiction even though i got it uh last year in january um and probably like to quickly go over two games that i think are really worth talking about one is shovel Knight. um shovel Knight. i'm a i'm incredibly late to that but it's a really well-designed game
0: has anybody here played it? I, anybody else played I, Shovel Knight?
2: I, I, I think it. I missed that because
0: I, I don't think we have. I don't think any of us have actually talked about Shovel Knight before. So,
2: well, I'll just say I, I bounced off it a little bit, but it was one of those. I respect this. I can see exactly what's going for it. It, it just wasn't for me. Um, hmm. Just didn't gel with the, so, the aesthetic of it and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, tell us a little bit more about it, who's been and why it's worth it in your mind.
2: So,
3: Shovel Knight, kind of. I mean, beyond being like one of the like very big Kickstarter breakout successes that happened and kind of the promise of the game was like, Hey, do you remember like NES games or like that era of games? We're going to bring one of those. And it's going to be a video game ass video game, right? As in, it's going to have the art that you remember. It's going to have the sound and it captures the aesthetic of those games. Um, and essentially, the premise of the game is
1: basically, yep. Did you just quote Jake Baldino from QM Ranks or something? Video game ass video game.
3: Uh, that was not my intention. I was just saying that off the cuff. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I would actually, I would actually, I actually don't know who that is. But anyway. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Um, but basically, the, the premise of the game is that you are a knight and you have a shovel. Um, and you are basically trying to bring back your partner who tragically got lost uh in some terrible circumstances and it's about you rescuing the kingdom so it's a very much a premise so much more
0: story than I expected yeah
3: that was the thing what? I was most surprised by but yeah the the thing is they um it like that that was one of the pleasant surprises is despite how kind of Minimal it is in terms of how it handles story, but it's deli- it doesn't get in the way of gameplay. It just like it reinforces the gameplay. Um, but yeah, basically it combines a whole bunch of games from that era, whether it be the Adventure of Link or uh, Super Mario or Mega Man, because it again it borrows its palette to some extent from Mega Man. Uh, it certainly borrows its platforming from Mario. Uh, and then it also has uh, that sideways combat that would have been seen in that uh, in uh, Adventure of Link. But yeah, basically, I think what is really distinct about it is it, even though it captures the essence of what you felt like when you would play those games back in the day, it has a lot of modern innovations like checkpoints and and, and other bits and pieces like that. But um, the one thing they did not remove was the difficulty, and I. And much to my horror, I discovered that uh, they said one of their points of inspirations was Dark Souls. And just for context, this game would have been, I think, around 2013, 2014 when it was being made. So Dark Souls was kind of just on the ramp up. Uh, the game is brutally difficult. Um, I would say Elden Ring is more generous in terms of, like, how much you you lose things. But um yeah, it's got really great platforming. It's got really excellent design. The sound is amazing. The music, the soundtrack is just something to behold. And yeah, it just somehow captures the essence of what the, made those games great, but also added a lot of modern touches. Um, but uh, nice. yeah, that, that's why I love Shovel Knight. Like,
0: I've always seen like, Shovel Knight in like my periphery. I've never paid it much mind because I didn't really feel like <laughs> it was my type of game however that's like so it's there but i've never actually paid it much attention so as somebody that's like aware of it as a like you know i want to i don't want to say cultural phenomenon or anything but it's like it was very much least. it was a touchstone yeah for game i think
1: i've i've never played shovel Knight either but i'm aware of it in the same way kitty is probably but i do notice it it's referenced in a lot of other indie titles like dead cells references it by like literally having a it's a Metroidvania as well it's like has a little shovel weapon um I'm sure it shows up in Hollow Knight maybe? Or something. It, it tends to show up in like a little nod or a wink in a lot of different indie titles. Well, it, it, it is a pretty
3: major touch, I mean to the extent where I think it's one of the rare indie games where Nintendo actually ra- did a run of amiibos uh, just for oh, wow. Sh- Shovel Knight. Mm. Um, also Shovel Knight I think appears as a as a trophy in Smash Bros. Yes. Um I've seen that. and also makes an appearance in Ukulele, I think. But yeah, Sho- Shovel Knight I, I th- but I think it's just like what's special about it is like even though sure it's kind of outwardly facing as like, hey, remember these type of games? But it's when you play it, it's just like, oh, this game isn't just like trying to mimic what went before it it takes the essence of what made those games interesting but also tries to build on it and it does build on it in its own creative way and I think that's in a way I love it when games kind of get really creative with kind of the 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 foundation that they've kicked off and it's very playful and inventive with what it does
0: do you know what's interesting to me your description of the game which i think actually makes a lot of sense and is really a really eloquent way to put it makes it me feel like it's not a game for me because a lot of the games that you mentioned are games that i did not play when i was younger i i really was just an adventure gamer i played like broken sword i played monkey island i like those were my types of games and that was it um but the fact that Dead Cells and Hollow Knight and all these, those are games I have played as an adult. And so the fact that those games have taken inspiration from Shovel Knight makes me want to play it more because I've played those games. But both of them make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, And it, uh, and it makes sense as to why people who really like Shovel Knight really like it if they've played those other games because they'll be able to see those within it whilst also it being an improvement on it um so that's just like a personal thing but um i just find that really interesting um so maybe i'll maybe i'll give it a go someday i i would
3: recommend it and only off the basis of us because you know i am definitely a sucker for games that are like oh we're doing this thing i'm like oh great i love that thing i'll give it a shot but then it's when games like that inherit all of the, like, drawbacks of those games, which I think is the biggest problem whenever I try one of those modern retro games that is, like, a throwback but then it inherits all the baggage. Whereas what I love about Shovel Knight is, like, oh no, it's standing on its own here. Like, even though it has taken those things, but I would as, like, as you really pointed out well, like, I mean, I love Dead Cells. Um, Hollow Knight is still on my list to, to clear, but like, um... But like, what I would say is, I hold shovel night um, in that regard.
0: Nice. So I just want to mention that there is like ten minutes left at the hour. Um, you did say that you had another game that you want to talk about, which uh, is fine. But I think it might want to.
3: I, I go
1: quickly with I, it. I oh, guess no, I don't that's don't okay. Yep, yeah. let them talk. No, 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 no it's, it's
3: all right. I but, just don't want to but, edit. Low. No, no,
1: it, it, it's fine. Yeah, I think person, you talk the, all you want. You ignore Kitty and you just you just talk just speak from the heart. Just go for it. Speak now your I truth, Krunk, husband. I, I know
3: how Krunk felt in Emperor's New Groove, I feel like I have the two
2: <laughs> the devil and the angel. I'm I'm still listening.
0: I just I also need to pee but keep talking.
2: It's fine. We're listening. Continue, husband. I'm, please.
3: It's safe I'm space. glad that I'm glad that I have bored Kitty. Uh, <laughs> uh uh, <laughs> yeah so um i mean there are i mean i definitely feel like there are spin-offs to be had had here cuz i definitely need to bemoan the CW shows and talk everyone to death about the good graces that is death store um yes. but the the one i really wanted to pick up on was a, uh, was bastion um i don't know if either of you have
1: played it kitty i know the hell out of it when it came out i have played a tiny bit of it but it's only because i wanted to go back and play like some of the older super giant games because of hades basically yeah so i limited, also actually limited experience with it
2: i have completed it not actually that maybe two years ago like the christmas previous so yeah fairly fresh in my mind
3: yeah so the thing is right very similar shoes where like i played a lot of hades and then I'm like, I wonder where, uh, because I never played Bastion, and so <laughs> to give you, you know, listeners context, Bastion came out and like it was like one of the first Xbox Live Arcade games. Yeah, like back back ba- back in the day on the 11? Xbox 360. Um, it was a long so, time ago. Yeah, so it was, it was l-
0: Bastion, then Transistor, then Pyre, then Hades. Yeah,
3: yeah Bastion and, came out in July 2011. And, and what I find amazing about Bastion. Um, is it holds up pretty well, especially compared to most modern games. Um, and even though it effectively is riffing off of Diablo-esque gameplay, but what I find so interesting about it is just the fact that the thing that keeps you going is not the usual things that happen in that genre. Like for most Diablo games, it's literally loot. It's loot and gear and numbers go burr. whereas what I really appreciated about <laughs> Bastion is it managed to keep me going with it uh, because of its story, and it's delivered incredibly well, and uh, that was the thing I was most surprised about it, so, um, yeah.
0: I feel like every single game that they've ever done is a perfect example of what some something that Chris said earlier, which is style their games are so beautifully stylized that that's why they hold up so goddamn well no matter what differences and improvements in graphics have been made over the over time um because the like they're all of their games just drip with style
1: it's only got better over time as well like just look at the the art and everything in Hades god
3: Well, that was the thing, like, when I booted up Bastion, it was so beautiful, and, like, that was the thing, it's, like, it hasn't aged, and, like, like, the thing is, right, usually it's either the graphics or the controls, and, like, the weird thing was when, even with the controls, I'm like, this is still pretty robust, like, this still holds up pretty okay, and then I'm like, oh, hang on a minute, that is exactly why they made Hades, Hades is just, like it's just like you know we want to go back to making the type of game we did for our first game but then of course it like takes it to the other degree right um so yeah uh i'd I'd highly recommend giving bastion a go just because it definitely was notable and influential for its time but i think what's remarkable is it's one of those rare games that has aged very well um and yeah those are my two picks i have a load of others um but to be fair, I think we would need another episode of the podcast if, for for you all to indulge me in how much I love Ace Combat Seven. Um, oh, there you com- go. Oh, we'll I know a, I know a little
1: bit about Ace Combat Seven. Uh, that's
3: um, that's <laughs> <a> <laughs> <game>. but <laughs> I like games. I <laughs> I'm gonna smoothly segue and say one of the games that I also played a lot over the holidays was Elden Ring, and I'm just gonna throw the baton to Kitty.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not starting with Elden Ring actually. Because we've talked about <laughs> <laughs> Elden <laughs> Ring. Throw it right back. Just <laughs> throw it right talk back. Throw it right back. I'm gonna come back to it. Um because there was a lot of games I played actually before the last recording that I didn't talk about that I still wanted to mention. And I really am gonna go through them quite briefly because um I, li- I like to mention games that I played even if I didn't like them or if I bounced off them. Um but I played... I was so excited for a game called A Little to the Left. I was so excited for that game. And then I played it. And it's not that I was disappointed. I think I got what I thought I was going to get. Which was a little fun OCD organizing thing. I didn't expect it to be so puzzle orientated. And I didn't expect some of the puzzles to be so incredibly obtuse. That they, they just they melted my brain and 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 I, I got I encountered the same problem with it that I encounter with any purely puzzle based game where there's no mental rest stops and so it's just constant barrage of these obtuse puzzles that after a while I was like oh man this game is just boring <laughs> so it's cute it looks nice and I think maybe it's it is a game for other people there are plenty of these type of puzzle games out there so there's an audience there somewhere um. And unfortunately, it just wasn't for me. Have any of you seen it or played it?
1: No, never heard of it. Never even heard of that. I
3: I have seen it, and yeah, I'm just curious. uh, I mean, before I make assumptions, but actually, I'll go ahead and make my assumptions. But I feel like because the the game kind of showed itself as like, hey, it's this fun little OCD game. And I think the trouble is when you actually played it, it, it it's because my assumption looking at it, it'd be like, oh, you're just having to figure out how to do things. But it almost feels like it induces a level of frustration and friction that you didn't expect from this type of game. It's more like a puzzle game. game. Yeah, it's a
0: puzzle game. It's not like I thought it was like you can just I thought it was going to be like unpacking. I thought it was going to be cute organizing it's not specific things have to be in a specific place at all times and it's so that's like this puzzle thing where you've got these things that you have to slot in the right place and it's just not fun at all to be honest for me um i i'm gonna move on because i've got too much to stop too long Um, i played potion craft if any of you have seen that oh, so I've potion craft. This one, yeah. yeah it's on pass um i feel like there's two potion based game that came out at the same time there's potion craft and there's potionomics and um, potion craft i had tried and i had played the core loop which is essentially you go into your little garden and get herbs you go into your shop and you have customers asking you for stuff and then you combine the herbs on this like map thing so each herb will like take you a certain direction on the map and you use that to try and discover new potions and um, I played that as a demo, and I was thought, this is kind of cute. I can't wait till this comes out to play it more. Unfortunately, that's all the game actually is. That The core loop is all it is. There's no story. There's no other difficulty modifiers. That's literally it, and I played it for a couple of hours, at least a couple of hours. Um, so at first, it's fun. After a while, it's boring. So... I really want to play Potionomics. I have heard really good things about Potionomics. that's not necessarily the same core loop but it's the same idea of you're a potion maker making potions for people but it seems to be there seems to be a lot more involved in the like haggling side of things and like the character animations are like high level League of Legends ish looking like style that looks really cool so yes. Um, I think I talked about Norco last time. I'm not going to talk about it again. Did I talk about Not For Broadcast last time? I don't think so. So, everybody knows Immortality, right? Sam Barlow's game.
1: The, like, FMV live-action-y thing? Yes. Okay.
0: So, Not For Broadcast is an FMV game that I think is actually fun.
1: (laughs) Bold words?
0: I know, right? So the idea of it is, is that you are, you're actually a cleaner that's subbed in as like a broadcast, live broadcast editor, right? You're there with the mixing tapes. So you're managing like the mixing tapes, you're managing the phones, you're managing some stuff at the side. So you're doing all this whilst also seeing what's going on behind the scenes, seeing what's going on, uh, on the actual screens, whatever. But it is kind of like UK in, uh even more dystopian potential future right and what you choose to put and the choice what you choose to put on the screen and what you choose to like put as selections will influence what happens in the world um and then in between these segments you get little choice segments of like what's happening in your personal life as well and it's like like it's obviously highly political and like the actors and actresses i wouldn't say are the best i've ever seen but you can kind of you can tell everybody is having such a like just a great time doing this game
1: what's it called again sorry i'm just gonna look this up now
0: not for broadcast yeah yeah husband
1: sounds like
3: everyone is committing to exactly what it is they committed sincerely
0: sincerely like the, the this happens pretty early on but there's this scene where this guy is like talking to camera and he's like yeah you know these people like they're absolutely disgusting blah 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 and then like a, a, a gimp falls out of his wardrobe behind him a what? and then he's like oh what are you doing get back in there and then he continues to talk about these disgusting degenerates and then he stands up and he's wearing like thigh highs and tight and you're like what nice. the fuck is going on y'all <laughs> Uh, it's it. it I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good, and so I would recommend it. I enjoyed it a lot more of Immortal than Immortality. I'll give you that much. Um, I think I talked about Foodie Detective last time, didn't I? Don't think so. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't. I
1: don't know. I, I think.
0: think I talked about it in the same breadth as Hobbs Barrow.
1: No, i like, talked Hobbs. about Hobbs Barrow and ah, uh, what's the other one? The, was it the Curse of the Golden Idol?
0: The Curse of the Golden Idol. yeah. The reason I bring it up is because I played Voodoo Detective and then I played Hobbs Barrow immediately afterwards. And Voodoo Detective wants to be Hobbs Barrow. And Voodoo Detective is so far away from being Hobbs Barrow. Oh, no. It's unreal. And so Voodoo Detective looks beautiful. The, um, the production values are extremely high. It sounds beautiful, but... What Hobbs Barrow does in replicating old school type point and clicks but not falling into some of the traps that they used to fall into, Voodoo Detective falls into it immediately. It gives you this wide open area to explore, tells you absolutely nothing, and expects you to be able to figure out extremely obtuse puzzles and and solutions to the point that, like, I, I started playing I was like, I actually have absolutely no idea what I'm meant to do here. So I googled it and I was like, how am I meant to know to do any of this? This makes no sense whatsoever. And it feels like it's been designed by people that love point and click adventure games, but have never designed one one themselves, which, as I discovered, is actually the reality. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I would not recommend Okay, so I barreled through my list. I'm on Elden Ring now. Yeah. Here, see that didn't take me too long. See, I barrel really quick. I give you just the just just what you need you, to know. You barreled. Um, I barreled. Old. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing Elden Ring. I feel like I'm probably not getting what some people would say is the authentic Elden Ring experience because I am playing it heavily with friends, and that is helping a lot. Uh, especially as one of the friends is, is extremely uh experienced uh and is kind of definitely boosting boosting yeah who's been you're so, sorry that, sorry
3: i got activated i'm just gonna why did you get I, activated I, no, I, you I, mean? I, I, i'm got to put a stick in the ground there is no fucking right way to play Elden Ring. No, I know. That's they're, why it's a joke. They're, they're, That's yeah, why I'm sorry. like putting I, it in No, but quotes. I just want to make it clear, Elden Ring. But there's some is people the that would they're... get
0: really yeah yeah the, go yeah. Ahead.
3: Do you know what? I'm gonna be unhinged here. They're fucking wrong. All right, like Elden Ring. No, Rain I know they're is... wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just telling anyone
2: who thinks that they're wrong. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Chris, you have something to add?
2: Very briefly, as uh, FromSoft's biggest fan and someone who's completed Elden Ring and is 100% correct about it, um, the people who argue that games like Elden Ring shouldn't have a difficulty mode will say that, no, you should follow the artist's vision for what that game is. So you're supposed to play the game the way it's been designed and it doesn't need a difficulty mode. And if you follow that logic through and you're being consistent, then if it has the ability to play with other people built into the game that's part of the artistic vision so i would actually argue you're not playing elden ring well unless you play it with other people because you're not experiencing the full of the artist's vision to fu- to to uh, be consistent with um, the strongest fans yeah. of elden ring and the uh, Soulsborne uh, series. Uh, <laughs> hey man I'm sorry kitty i stepped on what you were
0: saying i, I feel like you know emergent gameplay is a thing that gets talked about a lot in the fact that like gameplay emerges in a way that designers don't uh expect um and that's considered by a lot of designers as a beautiful thing and if you want to get into the multiplayer side of things i think that a lot of people at least a lot of us here have bemoaned the fact that it's designed in such a way that it does not encourage you to play the game in a multiplayer way it encourages you to draw somebody in to help you with a boss fight but outside of that, it does not. For example, if you're in somewhere like a big Stormvale castle or a big boss area, the moment you have defeated the boss with a friend, you cannot call them back into that area with you at all, ever again. It's done. And anytime a boss is defeated, the other person is booted out of your world. You're not able to go on your horse. You're not able to teleport to places. Like the game does actively discourage you from playing multiplayer, like just in a general sense and um, you can tell that they've designed it to be there just to help you with bosses and that's it. And so I don't, I get your logic, but you can see that they're not, they haven't designed it that way if you want to go down that that track, um, which is like, whatever, like, but I think it's more fair to say if you can play a game away, whatever way you play a game is the way a game's meant to be played. Yeah. If, it, if you're able to play it that way, then that's the way it's meant to be played. Um, so let's move on from my facetious joke. <laughs> oh, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm, sorry, everyone.
1: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Kitty. You're <laughs> so fucking triggered. I remain silent. <laughs> the whole point.
0: I know you did. And you were all the more wise for it, Cass. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just uh, like what I find about the game. Because uh, like, okay, so I've never played another Souls game. I have played games like Chunic and whatever else. And I've enjoyed them. It's fine um but what i'm enjoying about elden ring is honestly purely the exploration and figuring out the world and i i I see what everybody says now about it i see what they mean about there's not necessarily this like super super strong narrative but there is an extremely strong like world building in this game that is so strong that i don't need All of the like usual storytelling that I would get in other games, I guess. Uh, there is, I there's something I kind of love about the feeling that a game is a world like, like a world is existing, like it's a living, right? It's a
1: living world almost to sort of to an extent, anyway. I think like the exploration is definitely what kept me playing for so long because you would you'd climb up a hill, you go down a certain road, you'd see a forest or something, you'd be like, Oh, I bet there's something there. And then you get into the loop of the game, and you're like, "Well, there's definitely something there." Like, why the the Redan fight, for example? Like, he's he's that huge, huge chunk of the map, and until up until you get to that fight, you start looking at the map and you start figuring out like where you need to go or what you want to do in the game. Mm. But there's just this big, big corner of Kayla, the big red, horrible area that you can't get to. And then you get there and you have that incredible boss fight where you're calling in the cavalry and Patches shows up and then fucks off again and that's all wonderful and you beat him and there's that whole area to explore then and you go huh I wonder what is around here and you can I'll I'll go off to the far corner and lo and behold there's a wee cave there with a bunch of enemies to fight and a a wee boss in it and everything else and it's just it's so rewarding in that way.
0: A wee, boss, a wee boss she says <laughs> she this well, just great a wee boss good, good. <laughs> yeah. I will like kill it but that's not withstanding there you go. Um, I, yeah that it happened to me recently I actually didn't meet Patches until recently and I accidentally killed him because I was OP no, that's and I like took that's two fair. hits whoops but, um, but I found him because I was like do you know what I've never explored I've never just like went up this river I bet you any money there's something up that river. And yeah, same thing, just went up the river and I was like, oh yeah, there's loads up here actually. (laughs) I just like... um, I mean, that's how I find
1: underground areas. And underground areas are really crucial in the late game. But I stumbled into it as a wee noob and got eaten alive. And I was like, oh, that was very pretty. I'll not go there again for a while. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. I first went under whenever the meteor hit and then went down the meteor to the city of knock yes and was like oh pretty but um yeah uh one of the things like in in the sense of like the game the world is alive um i do like that it doesn't explain everything that happens to people like very often now this happened <laughs> <coughs> i came to the i keep calling it the long table or the round table the table of the lost grace i call it the round table or the i I often call it the long table and i have absolutely no idea why anyway i went to the table of the lost grace and i go and there's like this pickup on the ground and i'm like what and then i'm like wait this guy's dead how is this guy dead
1: it's round table what the fuck happened round table hold
0: okay so round table makes sense long table does no, not. no that doesn't i That's call it long they they do
3: yeah. no, see they need to solve this by allowing you to choose which table you have <laughs> in that table. space wow. i don't
0: think they care about solving my problems if they're not gonna add in like basic accessible features i don't think they give a fuck about me calling it the long table but um and now I, the person i was playing with explained to me what happened to them and i was like fucking why um i was just like They were like, no, you need to do this thing of it, and like it. That's happened consistently where I've been like, I I was with my friend, and they're like, okay, talk to this person. I'm like, oh, this person's dead. and They're like, oh, this is mine. I'm like, what the fuck? And and there's certain other things that happen to people whenever you do their quest lines that that like you'll like see them and you'll do something and then you'll come back and it's normally something terrible has happened in the meantime. Like (laughs) Like, you indirectly. Yeah, yeah, Dung Eater or the stuff with Bok. Oh, no, that, that, that the kind of rat sucks boy. hard. The monkey? Rat boy. Rat
1: boy? Bok? No.
0: Bok, the, the monkey.
1: He's invisible when you first meet him.
0: He's a bush. He's a rat yeah. boy. He's a monkey! He's
1: a He's 100% a monkey! Agreed disagree. Okay, we could
0: go back and forth uh, in this, so we're going to have to us. <laughs> but yeah, it's that, that stuff that I really enjoy, and I've got to the point where I can feel I'm like. When I'm getting close to the end of this game, I'm just gonna start to like consume, uh, lore videos on mass. Like I'm gonna like three-hour like long videos telling me all of the so story. Like there, it's gonna tiptoe oh, tiptoe oh, of the tank go.
1: has the best like voiced, um, Elden Ring
0: tiptoe the tank. Yes. I'm, I'm she is wonderful. Right I don't on. know
1: who she is, but like she must be a voice actress or something because just I, I could oh, really? listen to her all day. Such a velvety voice, and tip vati Vidya. He does a really good. Oh, Vati's ba- 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 yes, ba- really I good. Yeah. Ba- can ba- you just really
0: give me good. links to these things? I'll give I don't you links if I've yes. got the right. to save please. you. Please. Oh yeah, it's professional con. Oh, professional content voiceover. Yeah, professional voiceover. It sounds like okay. Yes, please give me links because I, I, this like you know what I'm like anyway. I watch three-hour lore videos about games I've never even played, and so it's gonna get real. Whenever, <laughs> I remember the first time I played a Persona. And then I just, like, consumed anything to do with it. And I was learning all about Shigami Tensei. And I was like, I want to know everything after playing one game.
1: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, do, I do this down. too, though. I, I get into something and then, like, 12 yeah. hours of, and then just of like, YouTube video essays later, you know?
0: I have never played a Silent Hill. And I know everything.
1: Tip to the tank. <laughs> the first result is a Silent Hill video funny
0: enough amazing um, i what's the other game i've never played a day's s machina but the amount of content i've consumed on that genre or that franchise is is unreal anyway needless to say i like that about elden ring i like we talked we talk about the difference between museum and theater or not no museum and theme park yeah, uh that was that was our world main world discussion what, about
1: this last That's year our when main discussion but
0: yeah um, and, I, and I'm very firmly now in the camp of I am a museum open world person. Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring type games. They're definitely my jam. I love to feel like an explorer. I love to just look at a map and be like, this looks like a weird burn on the map.
1: I- is that what it I'm is? a go there.
0: I'm a go there. And it turns out to be something and you feel great. And, and I like that a lot. It's a very well designed world and like universe i guess
3: um yeah i just love the fact that you can just jump in and it like you just it's almost you begin to build a mental map of the world that's what i love as in like you you just naturally you're traversing it and you're going through it and like it helps you. I, I almost feel as if it, like you feel more connected to it because you're constantly having to get yourself familiar with the space, or you're just like, oh, don't go down that road. There's a fucking bear over there. <laughs> like, don't don't go that way. <laughs> yeah, or 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 or, th- or that kind of stuff. And I think it's just really nice because it's all uninterrupted. You know, like beyond just the location. And I also love, on some level, how distinct a lot of the landmarks and environments are, and it really helps to figure out and orient yourself around the space. And I, and I just love how intuitive in a way, like, once you have built that mental map of the space, you know exactly where you are at all times in the world. Like, the Academy doesn't look like Stormvale Castle, which doesn't look like the south where the, you know, where where one of the big trees are, for example.
2: Uh, and I was going to say, importantly, not only can you build a mental map, but there's an actual map in it, Death's Door. <laughs> so when you do come back to it after a week of not playing it, you could find out where the fuck everything is. At least there you have a guide. Kelly, one question: What yeah, build yeah. are you playing? What type of uh, style? Are you
0: I started a magic build, and then I've respect to a blood blade build. But I'll probably flip between the two for a little bit. Like I feel like the magic build really helped early game, and now I'm up in the Mountain of Giants, and the blood build. It bladed thing is like going okay i did i i fought morgat as my magic build and like i wasn't using my mimic tear because i it's so squishy it would die in two seconds and i am genuinely shocked actually now looking back on it that i managed to defeat morgat technically my first go um with that build because when i swapped and i i went in respect to the blood blade I was like immediately like, Oh my god, I can actually take a hit and now my mimic tier could actually s- survive. <laughs> but I think what I'm I'm gonna stick as that for a while, but I think later on as I level up I might go back to magic. Um but for now, yeah, blood I started as a what was what did I start as? Whatever one gives you the like magic far away from I, I the think, start.
3: I think it was sorcerer,
1: right? Or yeah, sorcerer, like yeah. Or yeah, there's no. no it's called, called it's called something else. Arcane something. Confessor or there. something. Yeah. Well, okay. well,
3: because uh, because there's like two, like because there's like the samurai right, which was kind of my starting point, and then I think there's mm-hmm. the basically the magic equivalent. Um,
0: I think it's the confessor. I'm confessors, pretty the, pretty no, sure. confessor's
1: the faith build one that chucks lightning bolts. Oh no, stuff. you're
0: right. It is the alchemist or something like that. Landerer I don't know. Or they didn't want to just... something like that. Yeah. No, it's not prisoner. Uh, I think it is just Alchemist or something. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah. um, One, just the last thing to to recommend. There's a YouTube creator that I follow called Rasputin that does this series called um, Gaming for a Non-Gamer. And he puts his wife, uh, he refers to her as the woman that he lives with. (laughs) But he puts his wife purposefully in front of games She's not a gamer and he'll put her in front of games and give her absolutely no context. And his aim is to see how accessible these games are for people that don't know, don't have gaming vocabulary, don't have, uh, you know, a gaming uh, mindset. And so she has played Dark Souls before. She didn't like it for obvious reasons. He stuck her in front of Elden Ring. And the the main thing that, that came out that was the most interesting about that video is how well designed the world is. And that's, like, what was really highlighted for me in that video. um, And just that she was so easily able to orientate herself and, and whatever. And um, she still didn't really like it. However, her experience... She- elden ring definitely tutorializes a lot better than the previous souls games and so that helped her so that he sat her in front of the previous souls game that she couldn't even get past the first boss and she was able to get past the first boss for the first time after her experience with elden ring so i thought that was really That's interesting, interesting and cool. actually
1: yeah because elden mm. ring solution it's and it's just a i guess part of the genre that it finds itself part of is that you know if you get into trouble with the boss, go elsewhere and level up, and come back to it, and you'll just take off bigger chunks of yeah. its health, and you'll probably win that way, you know. And, and yeah, and yeah, just to, I would also recommend that video.
3: The ending was particularly heartwarming; like I, I absolutely, it was so I, I, sweet. I, I, I absolutely loved it. But yeah, like that was the really nice thing to see as well. Just like, yeah, they have, like as, as I said, like I picked a class which from software deliberately made to kind of lower the barrier and like um you, you know it definitely definitely helps and having that flexibility and choice and agency really does wonders for that type of game basically.
0: Yes. Okay, we're going to finish there because it's been an hour and 20 minutes but it's fine. It's it's fine. Is it though? Nobody worry about it. I'm not worried. Uh no, I know you're not worried. You don't have to edit, and but yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on, who's been. Is there anything that you would like to plug?
1: What about that game you're making? Do that.
3: Oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm working. So I realize I did an incredibly shitty intro in hindsight, but um, online I go by McDougall, um, and I'm currently working on Rogue Eclipse and very recently got announced that it got some backing from Epic Games, uh through their mega Congratulations. program. Ooh. What uh, is Rogue Eclipse? Uh Rogue Eclipse, it's a epic arcade space flight shooter pew pew game. You love your Star Foxes, your rogue squadrons, any of that kind of uh kind of stuff, yeah. Uh wish I could say more, but there's also more to come that's all i'll say but Ooh. thank you Exciter. yeah um
0: yeah. i have just seen cassie write that she has a mighty need to pee so maybe we'll just keep talking for thanks, a little Katie. while longer
1: thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right folks Parker. um thanks very much thanks for listening and we'll see you next time thanks
2: everyone bye, bye. bye. Thank you. bye.